Merkel Media. Hey everybody, before we get into this week's show, let's talk to you real quick about the advanced screening of The Shape of Shadows at Battleground Cinema Theater in Battleground, Washington this Thursday. We are going to be there, me and my team, plus Wes Germer, to do the advanced screening of my next film, The Shape of Shadows, where we went out to Utah to Space Wolf Research, which butts up against Skinwalker Ranch, and we did our thing for an entire week looking for skinwalkers. And that's coming this Thursday to Battleground Cinema Theater as an advanced screening to very few people. So if you want to be part of that very few people crowd, you're going to want to go to theshapeofshadows.com and get your ticket because after the advanced screening, we're going to do a town hall where people can stand up and share what they've experienced when it comes to Bigfoot in the area and do a Q&A with Wes Germer, myself, and the team from The Shape of Shadows, all doing answers and questions and questions and answers for you guys. But that's going to be this Thursday. If you want to get in on the action, go to theshapeofshadows.com, get your ticket before they're sold out. Let's get to the show. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling it. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 Welcome to the show, everybody listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, every Thursday we drop member episodes for members only. All you got to do is go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button in the top right-hand corner, or go to theconfessionalspodcast.com slash join and become a member today. There you get access to all the bonus shows, plus the overtime segments and ad-free listening of the Tuesday shows. And starting next Thursday for the members episode, we're dropping our own app. That's right. The Confessionals is going to have 
its own app available for members only. This is going to be a members exclusive app where members can listen to all membership content and have a members community where there's live chatting and private direct messaging to other listeners of the show right there on the app. A lot of cool features on that app and it's going to be growing over time right now. It is going to be available next Thursday, April 13th, right there on your Apple App Store or Android Google Play Store. In fact, it's available there right now. You just can't get in. I have an access code and you just can't get in. But next Thursday is going to be unlocked for all the members. And I'm really excited about it. So look forward to that if you're a member. Also, like I said in the very beginning of this episode, I am going to be at Battleground Cinema Theater this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Me and Wes Germer, my entire film team from The Shape of Shadows, we are doing an advanced screening of The Shape of Shadows, which is the new film we're dropping, where me and my team went to Utah and we went to a property called Space Wolf Research that butts up against Skinwalker Ranch. And we spent a week out there doing our thing and we uncovered a lot of great stuff that you're gonna get to see in The Shape of Shadows. So if you're in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and you want tickets to this advanced screening where you get to be the first one in the world to see this film and also participate in a town hall where people are sharing their Bigfoot experiences and also participating in a Q&A hosted by myself and Wes and the team from The Shape of Shadows, you're going to want to go to theshapeofshadows.com and get your tickets before they're gone. In fact, I'm recording this right now the previous week, so I don't know if they're gone yet or not, but hey, go check it out and see if they're available. If they're not, it'll say out of stock or something like that. I don't know. But we are going to be there, Battleground Cinema Theater, this Thursday, 6.30 p.m., right there doing the advanced screening of The Shape of Shadows, Town Hall, and Q&A, hosted by Wes Germer and myself. Hope to see you there. Okay, this week we have James and Mike coming on. They are the Dynamic Duo Twins, and they're coming on to talk about several different things. NDEs, hauntings, Bigfoot sightings, all in New York State. But here's the thing that is the most uh, attractable piece of this conversation, and it's what we sat down to originally talk about. These two twin brothers and their cousin was abducted in 2003. They have a lot of missing time. They all remember certain things from it. It's an ongoing situation where they have things implanted in their bodies. And James feels an extreme amount of guilt from this whole thing because he is the one that got him into the situation. And you hear us trying to work through all the details on this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get to James and Mike from The Impromptu Truth right now. All right, today we got Mike and James, James and Mike, the identical twin duo. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're good, man. How are you doing today? How you doing, Tony? Glad doing to be good. here, man. Definitely. Listen, Definitely. Uh, we just got done talking for about almost two hours. I in, in that process, it got hot in here. I went out there to turn on the AC, get some water, told my brother, who's now working for me, I said, hey... Uh, we haven't started yet. He's like, you haven't started yet. I'm like, no, we haven't started yet. So now he's out there probably thinking, I wonder if they started yet. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, son. This is how I do things. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're sitting here chatting about a million different things. Some things show worthy, some things maybe not so show worthy. But uh, I'll tell you, we were talking about uh, Tennessee 
And you guys had a story come across your path that we're going to get into to kind of launch the topic of conversation, not even the topic of conversation, just launch conversation. Uh, but before we do that, I don't care who wants to do it, uh, but tell the audience who you are, what you guys do, where they can find all your stuff, social media, anything you want to promote. All right. So uh, me, me and this guy over here, we got a YouTube channel called An Impromptu Truth. And on that show, we we started out taught doing interviews with like people we know they would sit down face-to-face interviews and it's kind of branched off into us doing interviews with people online or just us rambling and talking about whatever we want to talk about on the show movies paranormal stuff cryptids i don't we don't touch demonic stuff in politics it's one and the same so we just leave that stuff alone but uh yeah it's um we just we try to portray on the show what we uh, ourselves so what you see on that show is what you get from us in real life you know what yeah, i mean like that's, and that's why we call it an impromptu truth the, the banter you hear between us that's like actual banter between like it's not script or anything that's how we talk to each other yeah like i'll I'll curse him out he'll curse me out in the middle of a show like we'll disagree we'll agree but uh it's we generally try to keep it a chill environment over there and We'll like, like I said, we'll talk about anything and everything except demonic stuff and politics. And you guys will come over to YouTube and check us out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Check them out. The link will be in the description of this episode anyway, so people can check it out easier. Uh, you're missing out on the demonic stuff, man. You got to go down the demonic hole. Gets interesting. <laughs> it it does, but I've I understand that going down that rabbit hole, you get attachments, and I got. I got little little ones that I don't want any attachments running around my house messing with them. You know what I mean? So I'd rather just leave that stuff alone. You know, and, and people ask me about it and stuff along those lines. And uh, they'll, they, they, they'll say things, very similar things like, uh, aren't you afraid that something's going to attach itself to you? And the, the, really, the reason why I'm not, because when I first started doing this podcast and do, going down this road, I would. I was nervous about that kind of stuff because I was new at all this stuff. I had come from, like, I, I I was raised in the church. I went to Bible college, even though I really wasn't a Christian at the time. But I went to Bible college, and so I was a familiar with that kind of stuff. But when I started the podcast, I came from the the Bigfoot world mostly. Like, I was talking a lot about Bigfoot, and you know, I decided to start this podcast talking about everything. So I was a little nervous about it. But for me, the thing was is that the way the show started, where like I've, told, I've, I've been telling the story more and stuff, so I'm not going to rehash it now. But um, literally, I was driving my tractor trailer through Philadelphia, and I felt God tell me, you are going to be a podcaster. Like, it was all kind of ordained. And so I was just like, I, I kind of like sat back and I was like, you know what? If I really believe God put me here, then I've got to believe that he's going to preserve me as well. And uh, it, and I've come to this, to this understanding and philosophy. I don't know if it's philosophy. I don't know. But uh, basically, if I have an experience I feel like it's something that uh, God is going to use to allow me to be stronger and understand. And and I, I say that because of my experience with the warlock that I talk about sometimes on the show. Like when I went to that guy's house, I had never, I wasn't doing this podcast and I had never considered the idea of being in the presence of a Satanist uh, and somebody who wants to do me harm. And I went through that whole thing and it affected me deeply. But Fast forward, I talk about it on the show and it gave me a perspective that I wouldn't have had and you can't have unless you actually go through it. And so there are times that like I'll say things and, you know, we were talking about a little bit before stuff, like I'll say things on my show. Sometimes I, I get emails about, you know, 
And when I say things along those lines, though, I'm very sure of myself because I've been through it. I've experienced it. So nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Like I know what I felt. I know what I went through. And so uh, long story short, uh, I had the same fears. But the thing that, that, that for me, it was just like, it was a spiritual thing almost. Like I feel like God wants me doing this and I got to believe he's going to protect me. Um, and so, so far I've been pretty good other than the dog man popping up in the house. So, <laughs> you know, the, the light stuff, you know, just simple stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't but, had any paranormal experiences in my house, but uh, there was a lot of paranormal stuff that happened to us when we were younger. I've had some very recent strange times. paranormal stuff that's happened over the last, let's say, year and a half, two years. Very strange stuff. But, but first, let's get into this, this Dogman case. All right, so on our, show, on our show the other night, I got a message on Facebook from one of our listeners, really cool lady, really cool lady, and she asked me if we had anybody, on, anybody down in Kingston, Tennessee. So I, I will actually read you what she sent me because I have it right here. And she said, do we have anyone from Kingston, Tennessee or near it? My son just saw a huge dogman by his house standing in the tree line, says it was massive and it freaked him out. And he's going to try to take a picture of it the next time while, when he's standing out there. So we dove into this a little bit. Now, it's, it, hap- it took place in Kingston, Tennessee, and it was about uh, 11 o'clock at night and he was outside smoking a cigarette when he saw this thing and when he saw it come out of the tree line, there's one street light there. So the, it was sparsely lit uh, according to, according to his mother. Now, my theory is that I think it might've smelled the cigarette smoke and poked itself out. You know what I mean? Cause it, like I smoke, I smoke cigarettes. And if, if these things supposedly have the sense of smell that they do, they would have clocked in on that immediately and went to go see what it was. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of think maybe the cigarette smoke is what attracted that thing to them. And then I also said, listen, don't do anything that this thing might portray as antagonistic. So like, if you want to take a picture of it, maybe set up a camera in your window on your windowsill. Don't, don't go out there trying to antagonize it because it's just not going to end well. And you hear that from numerous stories about people dealing with these creatures. Yeah. I said, if, um, if they have like the ring cameras, maybe set one up to point at the area where they seen it and see if they catch it like that, but do not do anything aggressive. If you need to put up more lights because he has kids and what, and he doesn't want the want it coming into his house. So, the one question we forgot to ask was, what was the yardage from the like position he was to where he seen me come out the wheel, yeah. Uh, wood line? Yeah. Um, I will say I live like 45 minutes from Kingston. And uh, I, I'm looking at it on the map. I'm like, it's a hop, skip, and, Scott, and a jump. Me and, <laughs> yeah, me and Scott Carpenter can go over there and check out the property. So uh, maybe, maybe uh, she says, do you have anybody... Yeah, in well, the area, I I'll, yeah. I will I'll shoot her a message if you guys really want to go give out. Her a there. Shout, I'll shoot her a message. I, yeah, I, I I don't think uh I don't think Scott Carpenter would be opposed to it. So, um, just be I, listen. Be I, I'm <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I'll, as careful as you can be hunting interdimensional demons. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, is <laughs> I mean, this is true. But uh, 
yeah, I, I just, I, I'm in, I'm in a kind of, I'm in a point in my life where I'm just like, I, like we were talking, I just can't help but push these buttons, especially I've never, I've never lived anywhere where there's so much activity. And now it's just like all around me and I live out in the sticks. So it's probably closer to my home than, than what I could imagine. Uh, I probably don't need to drive to Kingston. Yeah. It's probably where you pick her. That's that's what Scott told me. Scott's like, bro, they're around your house. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so right before we hot, right before we started stream, uh, my brother had said, Oh, did you tell him about your your Bigfoot sighting? All right. So, like I told you, like I said earlier, I'm I work at UPS, I'm a supervisor, and I travel this one route five days a week, been doing it for 10 years. All right. This happened back in 2015. I'm on my way to work. I'm driving a little Mazda three and the way before you get to the building, right? It, you come off the highway, you go up, go up this little embankment and you start coming down a hill and you start going up and it curves like that. When my, my, when I start going up the hill, my headlights caught something that uh, it had to be at least seven and a half feet tall. I don't know if it was a Bigfoot. All I know is it was stepping off the, off the road onto the embankment. And then it turned like its whole upper body and looked at my car. And when it did, you could see its eyes and it's, eye, you know, that safety vest green, that safety vest yellow, its eyes lit up like that. And I was like, what was that? And then it stepped off and went down the embankment. And I got to, I got to the building, walked in, told everybody what I saw, and they all thought I was completely crazy. Uh, and when they all thought I was crazy, I called him up four o'clock in the morning, told him what I saw. And he's like, yo, why do you go out spazz? Tell him, tell him what I just saw. Right. And then I refused to go outside until the sun came up because this happened like a mile, like as a crow flies a mile from the building. And I was like, I'm not going outside. It's just not going to happen. So later on that day, he calls me up. He's like, hey, Jay, let's go take a ride out there and see what you saw. I'm like, I really don't want to go out there. He's like, oh, yeah, come on, come on. I'm like, all right, let's go. So we hop in the car and I take him to the exact spot. And I'm like, I'm not getting out of the car. He's like, all right, whatever. So he gets out of the car, walks across the street, and he starts calling my name. He's like, Jay, come here. I'm like, what do you want? He's like, come here, come here, come look at this. So I get out of the car. I walk over. And sure enough, where I saw this thing, there's a footprint about 14 inches wide, padded down in the grass. And I'm like, yo, get in the car. Let's go. Because now it's like seven o'clock at night and it's getting dark. I'm like, no, let's go. Let's get in the car. And we took off. Yeah. So that was, I don't know if it was a Bigfoot. I don't know what it was. It was big with safety vest, green colored eyes. Trip me out. And uh, okay. So, but. All right, so it was 14 inches long or wide? 14 inches long, and it was about and about uh, six or seven inches wide. Yeah, dude, you saw a Bigfoot. I mean, like I just I I don't I I'm not I'm not saying it was a Bigfoot. I'm not saying it was not a Bigfoot. I'm just saying it was really big and really weird. What would <laughs> see what, what would <laughs> it take for you to like? I mean, you saw something. You see the footprint at the location. Like what, what else do you need personally? Is it, you need to have it like smack you or what? Um, I need, cause when I, like I said, when my headlights hit it, you could just see the silhouette. It was just silhouetted, but you could see how massive the silhouette was. And 
the reason I freaked out was because the, the eyes lit up. And I'd have to say, in order for me to really be convinced, I'd need to see it like, you know, those like 10,000 aluminum flashlights. I'd need to see it through one of those, like right in the face. All right, that's a Bigfoot. Okay, now I know what I'm seeing. But I, I'm just saying I don't know what it was because apparently his boss has a girlfriend and she lived not too far from the UPS building where my sighting happened a mile down the road. And she told his boss that one night she heard something outside. She walked outside and sure yeah, enough, like the her, same thing. Her dogs were acting weird. And um, she usually lets her dogs out, but her dogs was acting where they wouldn't go to, go outside. So she walked out to her front porch in her backyard. She has a big barn. Sorry about that. She has a big barn and she's seeing something with those same reflective eyes standing down by the eave on the corner eave of the barn. And this was yeah, rough, like a maybe, as a crow flies, maybe a half mile where she lives yeah. from where he's seen that. But mm -hmm. then a few weeks ago, in the same area where he's seen whatever that was, he kind of oh, seen what looked like a breakish huh? type deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Tony, I still don't know what to make of that one. Um, you saw it yourself? Yeah. Dude, I was same spot. I saw this thing with these green eyes. It's a couple, like last week, week before, I'm traveling this road. Like I said, I've been traveling this road five days a week for 10 years. And my headlights hit something in, it was deeper in the tree line than what this, the, what this other thing was. But when my headlights hit it, you've ever seen football players doing bear crawls? Yeah. It looked like that. And it was, it was gangly, lanky and white. And it looked like a man. And I I slowed down. Lights hit it, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, what the hell is what the hell is that? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I drove, right? And I got like a half mile away, and I was like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be into this stuff. You should go back and look. Then I thought about it for a half a second. I was like, no, just go go to work. And I just I went to work, and I totally took it out of my mind because that's not – I don't want to be known as a guy that saw a, uh, whatever those things were, a uh, pale crawler or whatever thing like that. You know, I mean, it's bad enough they're already. I got got the stigma UFO guy at work. <laughs> uh, so, all right, was when it was walking. Uh, so you, you said the bear crawl. Uh, so it's like its butts in the air, and no, hands and I wouldn't. Feet on the I ground. wouldn't say. I wouldn't say its butt was in the air. It was more. Its butt was low, and its legs were long. You know what I mean? But it was moving. It was doing that. Um. You know those stair, the stair exercise things like that. It was yeah. kind of like that, but like on the ground, moving like that. And I just, I don't, I don't know where it could be going because where that spot is, there's like a little cemetery there, right? And then there's some old dilapidated uh, cottages, uh, maybe like another thirty yards down that hill. But then after that, that's highway. Like there's a drop off, and then that's the highway. Like that's route 17. That's a fairly used highway. I just, I don't know where it could have been going or where it could have been coming from, but I didn't, when I got to work, I didn't tell anybody. And uh, yeah. I, would you see? No, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. Cause like I said, dude. Yep. But he calls me at eight 30 in the morning and tells me about it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, your family. Your I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Got to tell somebody. So um, that that's really interesting. So this happened twice. Essentially, you had something happen twice, same area. Um, I mean, I, I should rename my short my show to the Portal Show or something like that. Uh, what what's this what's this area look like though? Is it is it is it like in in the city, like near the depot, or no, is it more? We're, uh, we're in we're in we're in Sullivan County. It's kind of um kind of like a rural rural area. Uh, it's not. Our, I'll put it this way: our population only grows in the summertime. Like we have a lot of summer visitors that come up here, and our population triples. Gotcha. But uh, like during the winter time, it's. We maybe twenty thousand people, twenty thousand people in the county, something like that. So it's wow, not. That's not a lot at all. Yeah, it's not. And in Sullivan County, it's it's huge. The, this county is massive. So yeah, there's not a lot of people around here in the winter time, and it's a pretty rural area. Do you think that? Uh, what, what, all right, let me ask you this then. What are what do you think? about the topic of Bigfoot, what do you think it is? And also you brought the rake. So, I mean, and, and what you saw, uh, it doesn't seem natural. So what are your thoughts on, on those two, at least those two topics? And does it fit in a paradigm of, uh, it being just a physical thing that you saw or. In regards, in regards to Bigfoot, um, I think some of them might display interdimensional characteristics so like the cloaking stuff uh i don't know i think it, they are a natural creature but they have a touch of i might get flagged for this but nephilim dna to them you know what i mean that's why you can that's that's what they uh that's why they can do some of the stuff that they do they can hide so well they can disappear they can hit you with the infrasound and everything like that and like completely disrupt you um now these rake things i don't think they're interdimensional i think rakes pale crawlers or whatever you want to call them i think they're coming out of cave systems i think there's some ancient or some kind of mutation that they're coming out of the cave systems because that would explain the the pastiness of the skin the lankiness the gauntness because in order to fit through some of those cave passages, you would have to be skinny. You would have to be able to like maneuver like a spider or something like that. You know what I mean? So I think, I think those, those things are coming out of local cave systems. And some people are just, just so happen to be seeing them when they're popping out of their systems. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that could go with the Bigfoot side of things too, that they could be in cave systems. Now, do you have that kind of stuff in your area? Yeah. With those tons of caves. Go ahead, Matt. go ahead, Mike. About to say something. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely have uh, the cave system. My thoughts on Bigfoot is there. You have the flesh, flesh and blood ones who are actually here, but then you do have ones who could cloak in through portals and whatnot. That's like um, you ever hear of the 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 phenomena called a glimmer man? Yeah. What if Bigfoot could is that? could cloak it like what people are seeing the glimmer man is actually a bigfoot like it has that kind of characteristic that it could do it you could put them in the same character ca almost the same category as the fae and real flesh and blood creatures and there's also been reports of numerous reports of people seeing ufos in the skies and as soon as they see the ufo they see 
a Bigfoot, a Dogman, or, or something else along those lines. So yeah. it's it's a broad spectrum of what it can be. Now, I remember uh, I used to work in a restaurant, and we used to have like the DEC guys coming all the time. But one time we had a state forest ranger coming, and my boss he really he had no filter. He didn't really care. He believes in Bigfoot and everything like that. So he's like, "Yo, I'm about, to, I'm about to ask this guy about Bigfoot." I'm like, "I don't know if you want to." All right, go ahead. And he's like, "Do you believe in Bigfoot?" And the state forest ranger looked at us. He said, "You can't deny the Dormer Ridges caught in the prints." It's like it makes sense. And then we had another conversation where there was a rookie DEC officer came in, and he was with his superior. And my boss asked them the same question. The young guy. He wanted to say something, but the, the older gentleman had a look in his face staring at the guy like, if you say something, we're going to have problems. Like, I, I became very cool with, like, all the DEC officers and stuff like that, but I was always leery on asking them questions about, like, what they've seen in the woods or anything strange like that because I didn't want to alienate the friendship because me personally, I'm an outdoorsman. I go fishing all the time, and I don't need them rolling up on me screaming, game warden. Listen, I'm completely different. I don't care. I will walk up to a police officer and be like, yo, what is the weirdest call you've been on? <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I get, sometimes I get an answer. Sometimes we're like, um, I haven't really had anything weird. But uh yeah, one guy answered me. He was like, Yeah, uh, he got sent out to a call and he said you could feel the evil. This woman had been working a route on this guy. And he said, When you walked in the house, you could feel like the evil oozing off of this woman so they had to go and bring the guy out so he would be safe and everything uh he's uh i haven't talked to the officer in a while but he was supposed to find me the uh the case file for that i would love to read that and we have a few family members that have seen like strange stuff um i guess my uncle one of my uncles he was a truck driver in the early 90s and he was leaving louisiana Going into Mississippi, I forgot what route it was, but he said he seen a a big black dog about five feet at the shoulders run out the woods and come running towards his eighteen wheeler, and he had to basically like steer and almost crash his truck to like not have the thing hit him. I've been trying to get him to talk, but he's kind of no, nah, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to talk about it. And then we have an uncle who was a former state trooper, like you know how everybody uses the lingo, black dog, black cow. And like stuff like that with like uh law enforcement. Well, my brother asked him about it. He was like, Yo, you ever been called out to a black dog black or cow a black cow, cow incident? He said he and said yes and then didn't respond to me back for like a few months. Yeah. And he's like one of he was one of the top <laughs> state troopers in the state. So uh your uncle is the one that had the black dog with the trucking thing? Yep, that's a separate uncle. So that is, I don't know if you know this, but that's something that a lot of truckers claim to have experiences with. Have you ever heard about that? Like big black dogs running out of the woods at them? Yeah, there, I think there's actually like an old song made about it. Uh, and I hadn't heard about this because I've never experienced it. But when I used to host uh, Hammerland Legends with my dad, it was a truck. It was still is. It's still around. Uh, he hosted with a coworker now and it's truck drivers talking about their experiences on the road. Sometimes it's paranormal. A lot of times it's just, you should have saw that lizard, you know, like, <laughs> uh, but like we had somebody come on talking about that and I had never heard of it. My dad had, and he referenced, uh, I believe a song, uh, or maybe even a movie, but I think, I think they call it like the black dog or a hellhound or something like that. But like truckers, 
talk about this experience where this black dog comes running out uh, along the road or in front of them. Uh, I think the guy we were talking to, it was actually running along the truck with him. Um, but that's really interesting that you say that because I, I, I up until I had that guy on the show for Hammer Lane Legends, I had never heard of it. And uh, and now you're saying that your uncle experienced that too, and he was a truck driver. It's that's really interesting. And I had guys at work when I went into work, and they had heard that show. They were saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of that and stuff." And I think it was Phil, the one guy Phil at work. He was an old time trucker and stuff, and he he had you know, talked to dri- drivers that had that experience. I don't know what it is with truckers and seeing this black dog running along the truck. Well, you uh, described it as being five feet at the shoulders. Let's say about what did he say? Five feet at the shoulders, about maybe seven feet long. It came out the wood line and ran directly at his truck. Man, that's crazy. So it like it ran directly at his truck, but what happened after that? Like did it just dodge or what? Uh, yeah, he basically slammed on the brakes and like like skirted off to the side of the street, ended up like almost in the ditch flipping the truck, but he's able to like get it back on the road and he just kept going. He thought it might have been a, a hallucination. But then he was like, dude, I, I just woke up like two hours ago. This couldn't have been a hallucination. Yeah. Like, I'm not tired. Because and, and, that's something that I think people suggest, too, because uh, I, I don't know if... I'm sure some people have uh, the experiences, uh, road mirages, but it, it's like I used to have it all the time when I was uh, in college. My wife, she went to a school about an hour from me, and I was always driving up to hang out with her. And then I'd be driving back at like one, two o'clock in the morning. And that final stretch of road was very straight. And I, t- I can't tell you how many times I thought I saw somebody like on the side of the road that I'm dodging and there was just nobody there. I just was imagining it because I was so tired. Um, and so I, I know people will talk about that as being a, a possibility. That, but how is it that all these truckers are having these experiences with a very large black dog? Uh, you would think that if you're going to have a road mirage because you're tired and stuff, you're going to see something that's more practically in front of, in the front of your mind, like, hey, don't hit pedestrians. Not there's a giant, not not a black tiny dog, a giant black dog. Like all these truckers are saying they're seeing this. Yeah, there's too many people saying they're seeing the same thing for there not to be something there. Yeah, that's what I feel like too. But maybe 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 I uh, maybe I just want to uh, maybe I just want to believe it. So it's just you know. But uh, truckers are a well untapped source of knowledge of what's going on in America, like what's being seen, um, and like just what's happening. Like we have, uh, we have one guy we know is, and he listens to us, and he's on the road. I mean, like he's one of those truck drivers. He's and he'll be in Washington State, then he'll be in Florida a couple of days later. Like one of those truck drivers, he's always on the go. So everywhere, every once in a while, he stops and does like some paranormal investigation, try to get like information and stuff like that. He's been, you'd be surprised what people are willing to, like, I guess that's such a tight knit community that they keep it in like an in-house type deal talking about that kind of stuff. They don't stray away to tell stories, but it's, it's all very interesting. No, yeah, it's absolutely interesting. Uh, and you know, I wonder how many truckers out there are, uh, doing paranormal investigations as they drive, drive back and forth across the country. If, if you're into that kind of thing, it's a perfect situation because, um, you know, like you're by yourself. How many truck drivers have dash cams set up that are catching weird UFOs in the sky and everything like that? That's, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I got, we got a, uh, I guess it's a shadow person. 
story for you. Uh, it, it, it happened with me, my brother, the cousin who was with us in 2003, and like four other cousins. Okay. So before we go any further, we're going to get into that. I love how you just referenced 2003. Like, like <laughs> just so people understand, I'm sitting down with these guys today, and the only thing that I knew about anything was that they had something happened to them in 2003 that we were going to be talking about. We haven't even touched on that yet because, <laughs> because before we start recording, they're like, oh, it's a Bigfoot. I saw this, the voodoo. We haven't even touched the voodoo yet. Yeah. And so it's just funny. You're referencing something that like we originally got together to talk about and there's all this other stuff too. I'm like, oh, this is a gold mine. I like it. Yep. All right. So, um, We'll, we'll we'll get into the O three thing soon. I, I will go into that after this one, but this one was uh this one really freaked me out because we were like thirteen when this happened. So we were at my cousin's house, the one we were with in O three. There was like seven of us. We used to play summer basketball league down in Orange County, and one day we were just all upstairs in one of the in his little brother's bedroom playing what was it uh, Jaguar, right? We were playing like Killer uh, Instinct. No, Sega Genesis. Was Genesis whatever one of yes. one of the older game systems? I'm dating myself now, but um, the the way the room was set up, uh, you'd walk in. There was bunk beds like facing the door, and then just some space. Everybody was sitting on space, and I was sitting on one of the bunk beds. Now, looking out, when you're sitting on the bunk bed, you can look out of the out of the door, down the steps, and kind of see the the foyer a little bit, right? So I'm sitting there, and I hear some footsteps coming up the steps. So I look over and I'm like, what, what was that? I didn't see anything. I thought it was their collie because they had a mean dog named Spike. And I was really scared of this dog. So I thought it was picture, their dog coming up the picture steps. Picture Lassie all black. Yeah. That's what that dog um, looked like. So I thought it was their dog. So I closed, I didn't see anything. I closed the door, right? Figured nothing about it. Thinking nothing about it. Sit back down, start watching and play video games again the door creaks open. So I'm like, I'm like, why did, why did that do it? Thinking maybe it's a draft or something. Look out. I hear the footsteps coming up the door, coming up the steps again. So I'm like, what, what is that? Still see nothing. So it's an old house. And not to tell you the the house is maybe four houses down from a cemetery. Right. So we're all sitting in this house, four houses down from a cemetery. I'm hearing footsteps coming up the steps and I'm not seeing anything. So I was able to take the door handle off of the outside of the door and close it. That way it wouldn't just, it just wouldn't open. Right. So I do it and I slam it shut. So now they're all looking at me like, yo, what is going on? I'm like, yo, this, this door keeps opening. I don't know what's going on. So we go back to playing video games and sure enough, about a minute later, they all see it now. This door creaks open real slow and it goes about halfway open. And now we're all looking down the steps and a shadow comes walking up the steps. Like you can see it's outlined on the wall and it comes walking up the steps and it goes into the cousin's room. We were with in 03 and we all saw this. And this is like one o'clock in the afternoon that this happens. We all turn off the game. We ran out the house. We didn't go back to the house until like nine o'clock that night when his parents were back there. And yeah, that, that scared me when I was younger. That kind of what got me into paranormal, like the other paranormal stuff other than like UFOs and Bigfoot and stuff like that. 
So, Mike, what is that how you remember too? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it because it was so weird. Like we were just sitting there, sitting there playing video games. And I noticed it too. I didn't notice when the door first opened, but when it did it the second time, that's when I started looking. I'm like, all right. Because we actually asked my cousin also, like, yo, is like, is anybody here? Like, because I remember everybody was supposed to be over at my grandmother's house because we were supposed to be having a barbecue. I don't even think we were supposed to be in the, in the house at the time. We were. Or we snuck down there to go play video games. He's like, no, no one's here. No one's here. You seen that shadow come up? My cousin, it went into my cousin's room. He didn't sleep in his room for a month because of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that was... So, James, you said that that was like the event that kind of got your gears turning towards paranormal type stuff. Was that for you too, Mike, or what? Um, I, no, it, it did make me uneasy seeing that, but it, I don't think it like pushed me into the paranormal like that. I didn't really get into the paranormal till about maybe three years ago. Everything else was like for me was mostly like uh, like cryptids and like big, I'm a big UFO guy and like the UFO conspiracy and stuff like that. So I, I was kind of in that. The whole looking in the paranormal just came across in like the last what three and a half years because I've been gotcha. <laughs> had some a lot of strange, a lot of strange happened in the last like three years. So well, um, to get into why. Like we're identical twins. Um, to get into why he's experiencing more stuff now, um, back in 2018, he got Legionnaires and he went septic. Um, so one morning I one morning I went over to his house and I saw him and he looked delirious. So I called the ambulance, they brought him up to the house. He's like, yo, thank God that you got him up here in time because he was turning septic. So he ended up going down. They ended up flying him to Westchester and he spent like three months in Westchester. Um, I don't know if you know what an ECMO machine is, but an ECMO machine is like a giant dialysis, a giant dialysis machine that runs like 24 seven and they stick, stick it in your neck. So it just filters, filters your blood all uh, for 24 hours a day. So he was going through this and now, the reason that I think he's experienced a lot more paranormal stuff like that in the last three years is because he was closer to the veil than I've been. Because at one point they were like, I was at, I was at work waiting for them. Like, give me an update. They called me and said, yo, you need to come, you need to get here and come say your goodbyes. And I was like, what? So I think the reason he's noticed the increase in paranormal around him is because he was that he was, so close to the veil at one point, you know what I mean? So they might've, it might've attached itself to him or something like that. Cause I don't, I don't have the same, I don't see the same stuff he does. I have the same experiences in my house that he does. Like uh, last year he had like a seven foot tall black shadow standing in his, uh, standing in his kitchen, staring at him. Yep. Uh, I just like, um, it felt like sleep paralysis, but like I was laying in bed, I was sleeping. Like I know I was sleeping, but I, you know, the feeling when something calls into the bed with you, well, I felt something crawl on top of me and I couldn't move. So I'm trying to force myself awake, trying to force myself awake. Finally, my eyes open. There's nothing there. So I'm like, all right, that was, that was kind of strange. Fall back asleep. It happens again, like immediately. 
wake up by this time it's like 6 30 in the morning the sun shining didn't really see anything laying in bed the next night and the way i had my chair positioned it was on an angle my tv straight ahead of me i'm looking at the tv and out the corner of my eye i see my chair shift about six inches that kind of freaked me out and the eight foot tall shadow seven eight foot tall shadow thing that i seen it's probably like maybe two o'clock in the morning the way my my hallway was set up if you walk out of my bathroom you turn to your right the kitchen's straight ahead and there's like a, a light over the sink well a window over the sink that has a street light right behind it so you can see right through the street like uh see through the window to the street i walk out the bathroom i look to the right i see a figure standing i'm like I thought I, was, I shook it off. Still standing. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to bed. But I, my refrigerator at the time was probably six and a half feet. The, its shoulders were at the top of my refrigerator. Wow. And yeah. then I have the incident um, that happened a few months ago. This was right after I met the, uh, the voodoo guy. The, the voodoo guy. Yep. <laughs> Very nice guy, but I, I'm not in and out or whatever. So. I'm laying in bed one night. It's probably like two o'clock in the morning. And I feel something like grab me by my, by my ankle and yank my leg, yank my leg and try to pull me off the bed. Immediately woke me up, started praying. Didn't happen again. But that one made me really, really nervous. Cause I was like, okay, like something just like, Something just happened. Something really just tried to yank me something, off. Something like physically grabbed you. Yeah. And then I've had like, all right. So on my desk, I have like a bunch of like 3D printed objects I've done and stuff like that. And we were doing a stream one night and I just so happened to have the camera pointing at my desk and people were seeing stuff on my desk move around during the live stream. The, the figure, the figures were like uh, turning. It's ever so slightly like paint bottles returning and stuff like that. It was caught during the stream. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that is that is that uh still up? Yeah. We don't take I, down any of our streams. All of our streams are still up. I, um I think I might set up screenshots. Yeah, send me send me the link and uh where, like where where it happens at, and I'll add that link to the description so people can check that out and show them. Now, wow. What was what was strange about that is like um <laughs> it was happening during the live stream, so I, I was like, okay, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm going to set these 3D prints up in a certain way so I know how they are. I took pictures of it. I said, if these things are moved in the morning, when I wake up, I will take pictures immediately and send them. Sure enough, they were shifted, like major shifted. Yeah. Well, he sent me wow. the pictures. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, James, you brought this up. Mike, I want your opinion on it, though. So you almost die. James suggested that you you were close to the veil. Yeah. What? First of all, do you feel the same way? But let me ask you that. Yeah, let me ask you. Do you feel that way about it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I really don't remember. I really don't remember much from when they had me under. But I, like, it's it's very hard to explain. Like the dreams, some of the wild dreams I was having, and. This one of the dreams I had that was that was a constant thing was like being in like an an orb type deal like with plastic all around me and like it was very strange and I constantly kept having this dream. 
for what reason i have no idea then, and um, i i kind of think that was maybe because at one point like he had swelled up like if you touched him like that you would leave a finger imprint in him and um when he came to he was he was he was like out for like two and a half months before he came to when he came to he woke up and he was strapped to the bed because while while he was out he would try to yank out his own own tubes and everything like that oh yeah i thought so, i was in an insane asylum yeah and i had to That's understandable. I, had, I had to explain to him what was going on because he from I, I i don't know how long he had been sick up until the point where i saw him sitting on the couch looking like that you know what i mean so it could have been he could have it, it could have been in his system for god knows how long but i he's definitely had due to that i definitely think he's had more paranormal experiences than me and due to that i think the uh, now we're going to segue into 03. He's got an object okay, in his but, foot. Oh, sorry. Okay. Stop, okay. stop, stop. Don't. <laughs> I, gotta say, I, I He's got an object in his foot. All right, everybody, stop right there. I'm not going to transition yet. Uh, no, I, um, I just want to ask you, though, because do you feel like because you got close, let's just say it like this, because you got close to the veil, do you feel like the that you're able to see things you couldn't see before or do you feel like things are coming looking for you because you left where you were and you left it like a, almost like a trace like a trail like you came back and it's like okay let's follow him like have you ever thought about that uh yes i have and yes it's the latter where i believe that i was so close to it that something might have picked up on me and followed i don't know what it is but like it, it doesn't happen very often, but like every couple of months, something strange happens. Like it might be subtle things like certain things being moved, or it might be something major, like something crawling on top of me or yanking me off my bed or, or you know, eight foot tall shadow or like, um, <laughs> he's seen black crows fly around me. This it's very strange, man. But mm. yes, I do believe that's something possibly followed me. And I remember I was talking to a gentleman like uh, who had a near-death experience. So I'm talking to him. like He remembers what happened to him during his near-death experience. So I'm talking to him. I'm asking him questions. And I asked him, I was like, do you, do you remember what the, what the devil sounded like? And he said, yeah. And he's like, you know what? I completely forgot about that. So I keep talking, keep talking for a few more minutes. We get off, get off the chat or whatever. Two minutes after that, like I'm sitting in my room, it's, it's springtime. It feels like, a, like I just get a cold chill come over me. Like I'm standing outside in five degree weather in a jersey and shorts. My my jaw starts like, like you know, when you're so cold, your jaw starts shattering. Like I was that cold for about 10 minutes hmm. right after talking to this guy about a near-death experience. So do you think that 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 itself was brought on from maybe almost like a, I don't know, like it's weird because I talked to people before that had near death experiences and like the one lady, I forget her name, Jesse something, I forget. I had her on, I think it was a member show. Uh, she talked about, um, she could, because she, she, she had died and came back she was able to identify like she it was like a feeling like she knew 
other people, like like she could be in the presence of somebody who had a near death experience and she knew that they were like her. Do you think it was something like that? Like like because you were around that person, like it was it it was like, I don't know, the world's coming together almost. Um, I think it was more like I think it was more just just bringing up the topic. It kind of felt like it should have been talked about. So whatever it was basically manifested itself and it was like, yo, just mum's the word on this. Stop bringing it up. Jeez. Well, I'm glad you're talking now, my friend. Uh, if it, let me know if anything bonkers happens just from talking about it. Does that happen? Like when you talk about it, does weird things happen? Um, yeah, every once in a while. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll let you know if something happens behind you. To him though, to him though, <laughs> not, not me. Nothing, none of that stuff. Not, like I'd have to have, uh, I'd have to have my camera pointed at my desk for you to see that. So that, that's an interesting thing too. And, and this might be a good segue into 2003. Um, because you guys are identical twins and you know, you hear stories from people that are twins and how it's just, it's different. Like, like for you guys, your life is normal. You, you don't know what it's like not to have a twin. Like we're weird. We're different. I'm different. Um, but, uh, you hear people talk about how, you know, there's a special connection and bond between twins. And you say that James, you said that nothing happened to you. I'd be interested, maybe as time goes on, if you start seeing parallels happening and stuff, like almost like, you know, oh, that guy looks like Mike, but he's not. They tricked me. I'll tell you this. Um, the morning I found him, right? I was on my way home from UPS and I did get something said, go check on Mike. Something did. I Something told me, go check on your brother, see if he's okay. And when I walked in the house, he was me looking delirious so yeah um now the whole that whole uh if i hit you where your brother hit feel it type thing that i think that's complete bull it's never i've never felt that everybody's like oh if i hit him are you gonna feel it no that i think that's bull i don't it might be that way for some people but it's not like that for us listen that only happens if you're a sign siamese twin that's the only time that's gonna happen <laughs> exactly Okay, let's take a second and talk about our sponsor this week, which is HelloFresh. Let me tell you, life is crazy busy, and that's why HelloFresh can help you with time management. We've been experiencing it ourselves recently at the Merkel household. It is tax season, and tax season sucks so bad. I hate it so much. Running a business sucks sometimes. It used to be easy. You go to work, punch the clock, get your W-2, and you're good to rock. You go to H&R Block, you don't need anything special, and you just get it taken care of. And now we got everything, and it's crazy. I hate it. Anyways, my wife hates it too because she's been doing most of it and running the household. I've been pretty much an absent person at my house planning this whole film shoot. It's been wild in our lives, and so she's been getting the HelloFresh meals on the regular I ain't complaining because it is delicious. It is easy for her to get stuff together. She doesn't have to worry about meal prep and figuring out what she's doing. She just follows the instructions and makes something glorious. And I know you guys will like the glorious. I don't know why I keep saying it like that, but it is what it is. I'm not redoing it. You guys are going to like these meals. I'm telling you, go ahead and check it out right now. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals50 and use code Confessionals50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. That's right. Free. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals50 and use code Confessionals50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. 
get your food, get it at a good price, cut out all the hassle when it comes to meal prep today. So in 2003, um, I, I don't know how, how much, if you guys are around my age or what, but I, I just to set the scene here for when this happened to you guys, I was graduating high school. Uh, I, I we'll be I 39 and we'll be 39 in June. Okay. So we're around the same age. Um, and, and I always, it's easy, like that, that year, LeBron James graduated high school was same class. And I was like, you know, LeBron James is going to be the best player ever. And now he's like, you know, <laughs> Boulet society stuff. So, uh, but no, people don't know about the Boulet Society. I, it's, <laughs> I'll go down that rabbit hole some other time. Um, but uh, so the, when I'm graduating high school, you guys had a wild experience. And if I remember correctly, it wasn't just was it just you two, or was it other people as well? We had our we had a cousin with us, and uh, this cousin is. He's born in April. We're born in June. So he's only like two or three months older than us, but we've always been super close. And, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll get, I'll get that. I'll, I'm just going to get into it. Cause this rabbit hole has gotten deeper over like the last year or two. So this is two thousand. It's back in 2003. And I, at the time I had a, now my car played a huge, huge part in this. I had a 1990 Honda core two door five speed, right? So it's, but it's uh, late October and late October, beginning of November. It's still, still no snow on the ground, still leaves in the sky, uh, on the trees and everything. So that morning we decided to call my cousin up and he's like, Oh, Yo, you want to come up and hang out for a little bit, play some video games stuff. And he was like, yeah. All right. So we drove down to his house, which is like a 25 minute ride down hot down 17. Right. Made this trip, made this trip thousands of times in my parents' car, us driving it thousands of times, 25 minute drive tops. Right. So we bring him back up here. He lives in Orange County. We come back up to Sullivan County. We hang out at our house for the day. Around like 6.45, we decide we're going to leave. Right. We don't actually leave the house until closer to seven. Now, like I said, it's a 25 minute drive to my cousin's house from my house. So we get on 17. I'm shaking a little bit. I start shaking every time I tell this. Um, we get on 17 and we're traveling down 17. Now I'm doing like 70, 75. And we get to this area called Wurtsboro. And when you get to Wurtsboro, um, when you get to the top of Wurtsboro Mountain, you have a rock face on this side, on your left-hand side, a rock face on your right-hand side, and then like an overpass. And then once you get over the overpass, once you get past the overpass, you start uh, start going downhill into Orange County. And after you get, when you start going downhill towards Orange County on the highway, the rock face disappears and you can look off to your left and it's just an expand. You can see for miles the skyline there. Right. So I'm doing like 70. We get past this rock face and I look off to I look off to the left. And I see three white lights shaped in a triangle. And they're pretty, pretty far spaced out. Like I said, we've traveled this road thousands of times. And the reason it caught my attention is because I've never seen that 
in that area before. So I'm like, well, what, what is this? So I look back to the road because I'm doing like 70. I look back again, two of the lights disappeared. So I'm like, what is going on? I look back at the road and I look back at the lights again. Now this, by this time, Mike's paying attention too. He's like, yo, what are you looking at? And I'm like, there's three lights over there shaped in a triangle and two of them just disappeared and reappeared. So now he sees it. And Tony, I, I don't know why, but I've, I've went since that, since this happened, I've gone and clocked the distance between where I saw that light and what else and what happened after that. So I see the light. We drive down the road and I get this urge. I'm like, I have to see this thing. I need to see this. So we travel, we continue to drive down the highway and I'm, I'm horrible with exit numbers, but I can tell you the exit name. We got off the Fair Oaks exit, Fair Oaks, New York. If you want to look it up, you can find, find exactly where it is. We got off the Fair Oaks exit. When you pull off the exit, you, you get to the end of the exit and you can make a left, right? And it'll put you past a little golf, a little gas station. And then you make another left and it takes you over on overpass over the highway. So I do all this. Now, mind you, I'm driving. He's in the passenger seat and my cousin's in the back seat. At the time, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty fat. I was like 300 pounds. And my cousin was bigger than I was. And he's like 6'2". He's like 350. That This all plays in, into this. So we go over the overpass. And I don't know how I found this area. But after the overpass, we must have traveled like another half mile just on some windy back roads. And I, I find this spot. And when I nose in, and I know you're not supposed to nose in the stuff. You're supposed to back in, right? That's what they say. Back in, back in, back in. I nose in. And when I nose in, it's this, it's a field. And on the, in this field, there's trees, on, a row of trees on your left, row of trees on your right. And in the middle of this field, it's just this big ball of white light. And I'm like, what? Is that is this what I'm supposed to be looking at? So I being stupid, I turn the car off and I get out and I open the door and I'm standing there looking at it. <clears throat> and now Mike and my cousin are actually yelling at me, like, yo, what are you doing? Get back in the car. And I'm like, I'm sitting like, no, I need to see this. I remember me saying, I need to see this. And then I'm watching him for a few seconds. And it it kind of it hits me like I'm like, yo that thing's getting bigger. So I lean in the car and I'm like, yo, is that thing getting bigger? And then now they're really spazzing. Get in the car now. And I'm like, it, it's getting bigger. And then it clicked. It wasn't getting bigger. It was coming closer to the car. Right. So what now, remember I told you I two door, manual shift car and you know how manual you know you got to start a manual shift you got to push the clutch down put it put it in gear and everything like that i remember getting back in the car and i remember putting the key in the ignition the next thing i remember after that was being on the back road in fair oaks heading like into my cousin's town and looking out of my window seeing 
the that ball of white light like up in the distance like pacing us and then it broke off right so we get to my cousin's house and we 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 go inside and my uncle his dad starts chewing us out because we said we were going to be there it's only like supposed to be a 25 minute ride we left at like seven o'clock we didn't get to the house we i didn't notice it but we i'll get to that we walk upstairs we walk upstairs normally me and mike would have hung out played some video games whatnot but we got chewed out by his dad for being considerably late he didn't my cousin didn't really acknowledge it he just went upstairs to his room and me and mike just kind of took like the the tongue lashing and just got back in the car and came back up here but we really didn't talk about it it was kind of like a somber feeling like you knew something happened but you didn't know what happened and so we just we just didn't talk about it on the way home and like a few days later we're, we're having a conversation he's like yo you know we didn't get the you know we didn't get the burgers house until like 9 15 i'm like what he's like yeah i looked at the clock we didn't get the burgers house until like 9 15. so from we saw this light initially between 7 10 and 7 15 went on the highway and it took maybe uh so from the position that i saw it on the highway to where i got off the exit and back and tracked into that field it's five miles five miles and i couldn't tell you why i went that way i really couldn't um but yeah he was like yo we we didn't get there until like 9 15 and i'm like what and it's just it didn't start processing and then i'm like that's that's not right that's not right and sure enough we didn't we didn't get back there until we didn't get to his house until like 9 15 um we uh <clears throat> so fast forward a few months and we have dreams on the same night and my dream was really weird um my wife's calling me put that down right there <laughs> but uh what happened in, in the dream that i had and i since this dream i don't have dreams i only have deja vu now in this dream i was taken off a transport by guys in black garb handed to two more guys in black military garb and walked into the side of a mountain All right so on the same night mike had a dream because i called him and i was like yo you won't believe this dream i had on the same night he he had a dream and he told me about his dream and but uh mike you want to tell him what you saw uh yeah what i seen was all right uh you know like the metal scaffold thing that has like the great bottom I was being walked down a tunnel with that on the floor, but the tunnel walls were extremely smooth. Like you ever see the, the tunnel boring systems that they talk about where it melts like melts a rock and makes it like glass, like a glass surface around it. That's what the tunnel looked like. So I'm being walked down this tunnel. I can't see who's standing like next to me, but I know there's two like on either side of me. And at the end of this walkway, there's a, a, a table. And this weird fluorescent light, like that's just coming out of this room. Keep going down. Then when I get next to the table, that's when I wake up. 
Now, so we're not, now oh, backtrack here a little bit. Now I told we're my cousin's in the car with us. Now it's been twenty years, and initially the only thing he would tell us was that he was waking up with like weird scars and stuff. And at one point we all woke up with the same scar, same spot, right? Like right here where your shoulder blade and the meat, the meat meets your shoulder blade. There was scars. We all had scars right there. Now in my instance, it would feel like, you know how you ever had to put puncture uh, a nail, one of your nails with like a hot needle. It would feel like that in the back, in my back, like there'd be a hot needle right there and you would try to scratch it, but nothing would happen. And it would just, it would sting for like 20 minutes and then it would dull. And this went on for like a year. And, um, he's also has an implant. Remember a few, a little bit ago when I said, oh, he's got something in his foot. So I think he had something placed in him in a different spot because he went through that ECMO machine that was filtering his blood constantly. It moved and went down to his foot because he's got something the size of a grain of rice in his foot. And, um, and that's, that's not the, only- the crazy part is about it where it's placed in my foot. It's underneath one of my veins. Cause I've told people about it. It was like, well, have you thought about like getting it checked out, getting it removed? I'm like, Technically, it hasn't caused me any pain, and it's in a, just such a weird spot that I don't think I can get it removed. It's like literally underneath the vein in my foot. So yeah, it's the, about the, about the size of a grain of rice, right foot. So it, like, like I said, it's been this happened in '03. It's been 20 years, and my cousin refuses to talk about it. Like me and me and Mike have no problem discussing this with anybody. Have no problem discussing it. My cousin has been stonewalled. He stonewalls me about it. Like he he blames really does blame me for for all this happening, which I guess is kind of my fault. Don't go chasing lights, everybody. But um, yeah, I take the full blame for it. Now, the reason we want him to talk is because. You've got my point of view. I've I've heard my point of view. I've heard ba- I've heard Mike's point of view. I have we haven't heard his point of view because he's in the back seat. He's a three hundred pound dude in the back seat. If we all got taken, how do, he had to have seen more. Do you know what I mean? Because they had to have drug him out of this out of the seat out of the car because it's a two door and he's he was weighty. So he hasn't talked about it and he hasn't, he's only recently started warming up to the idea. And that's only because last year we did, uh, we were supposed to do an interview with a friend, um, but he had an issue. So we ended up getting into our, getting into what happened to us and we brought on a remote viewer and the remote viewer We've we've ex- we've had dealings with him before, and he's really, really accurate. And so we start explaining, start walking him through what happened. And <clears throat> for, Tony, for twenty years, I was okay thinking it was uh, <clears throat> it was random. The remote view he reviewed that he revealed that it wasn't random. 
it was almost like a setup. Like they wanted us there um, because what he revealed, I actually it was during live stream. I actually, Michael, tell you, dude, I I went stonewalled and I I I turned the stream off. Like I couldn't. I I really had a hard time processing finding out that it was not random. So what he told us was that that light was kind of like a Venus flytrap trying to get our attention. And when they had our attention, what he saw was that uh, what he told us was that they had whatever these things were, they had Mike and myself sat on a couple of benches, like wherever we were. And they were having like a full on back and forth conversation with us. And my cousin was off in the corner, like they wanted nothing to do with him. And when he's, when he started revealing that stuff to us, it didn't, it didn't sit well with me at all. And it's still, and he was actually well able me. to remote view the light. And he said with his perception that the light was so bright after seeing it, it left like he was seeing white spots in his eyes for about 10 minutes after this conversation. That's how bright the light was that he's seen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know what to make of this man. Like, I was okay. Like I said, I was okay thinking, oh, oh random UFO doctor. And people have often asked, um, like when we talk about it, it's like, yo, do you guys want to go? Do you think about doing like hypnotic regression or anything like that? And I've given it some thought. And I've listened to those Betty and Barney Hill tapes. No, thank you. That is some terrifying stuff. And I just, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, it's so it happened not too far from Pine Bush. You ever hear of Pine Bush, New York? No. Pine Bush, New York no, is like the UFO capital of, of New York. Um, they have the Pine Bush UFO festival the there UFO every year. The East Coast, tell you the truth. Like I've met, I've actually met Travis Walton there. Like, um. But yeah, I just, I don't, I, I don't know what drove, I don't know what drove me to follow and go find that light. And that's the part that, I guess the part that perturbs me so much because I've, like I said, I've seen UFOs my whole life. Well, oh, oh yeah, we've seen them. We've had numerous UFO sightings where we've been with like seven people who've seen them. And I've never once decided to go chase a light. And we, the two hours, having two hours taken away from you and not knowing what happened in those two hours, that's, it's terrifying when you sit down and you really, you really think about it. And I just, I, I, I regret following that light. 
you know what I mean? I regret making that decision on that night because it put, it put two people I love in a position that they should have never been in. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I do take, I do own responsibility for that. It's just, I guess, I guess it was just me being super curious about what this thing could be having like, cause like I said, my dad was into UFOs when we were little and that kind of played a part in it. And then you see, holy crap, there's some lights in the sky that I've never seen before. And I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I constantly apologize to my cousin about it. Cause he's still very salty. Oh, very he's salty. Still very angry about that. Like he'll, he'll curse me out on the, on the rip. Wow. Well, I mean, the way you're describing things, if it wasn't random and it was a targeted thing, I mean, in all honesty, and this, James, it, it's, as somebody who's owning the situation, it, I wouldn't expect you to come out and say this, so I'll say it, and you can disagree or agree, but it does sound like maybe you wouldn't even have an option of making a decision to follow that light. Uh, if you guys are being targeted, if you were being targeted for whatever reason, I mean, everybody that's listening to this right now is saying it's because they're twins. Maybe. Uh, but maybe it's a bloodline thing. Maybe there's, there's probably, there could be tons of different reasons, but if you were being targeted, there's, there, there's a very real possibility that you weren't in your right mind to, to begin with and you were being drawn to it, not necessarily curiosity got to you. Um, the, so we have technology today that uh, does voice to skull technology. People say they hear voices in their head and some people really do hear voices in their head because they're just not mentally there. But some people are hearing voices in their head because we have technology that is being, it, those voices are being placed there. Uh, if, if we have that technology, whether you think your experiences that you guys had that day was ET or human or a mix of both, if humans have that technology, I mean, there's a, there's a good chance that there's greater technology at play as well that is mind control. We know that the I know just by getting to know you guys before we start recording and stuff, we we know that there's a mass amount of mind control being implemented in the global population right now. Uh, so who, who's to say that there there isn't a piece of technology that does a very similar thing to get you to do something that you typically maybe wouldn't have done? Uh, the fact that you noticed the lights to begin with. I mean, the very moment before you noticed the lights, they might have engaged you to get you to notice the lights. It, it's just something that is a possible thing in my mind. No, no, let's let's make this clear, guys. I didn't hear any voices telling me to follow the light. It was more of a, <laughs> to describe it, like, because like last year, I, I actually took and drove that distance and clocked how far it was to that. And, I, it was, it, it was like, it was kind of like, follow me, kind of come follow. It was like, come follow me without saying it. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, it was just a sensation. Like you need to go see this. You need to see this up until the point where I was standing outside of the car with the ignition off, watching this thing come closer to the car. And, yes. and, uh, and recently I found out from my cousin who's actually starting to talk a little more that we all basically woke up in different positions down the road. Like, yeah. um, like when I tell back, you, I came to driving, I came to behind the wheel, driving my car, looking out my window, like, 
and then he came to like a mile or so down the road. My cousin, he didn't come to, he didn't like snap out of it until we were almost like a hundred yards away from his house. And that's four miles from where we saw the light from like where wow. we, where I, where I woke up uh, driving the car. So does he, it was it one of those things where when, when you guys came to, were you conscious enough in that moment to notice that he wasn't all with it? Or is that something that he's revealing to you guys now? It's something he's just told us now. Um, yeah. Because like, like I said, I, when I came, I guess when I came to, I was behind, I was driving. I was behind the wheel of my car, driving, looking out the window. Like I said, I don't, it was a manual car. I don't remember pushing clutch. I don't remember putting the gear in reverse. I don't remember backing up. I don't remember driving that half a mile down these back roads, going back over the overpass. I don't remember any of that, dude. I don't. And it's frustrating. Um, there's just, yeah, just the wake up driving your car. Um, yeah, I just, I, I want to know why. Um, like I said, I was okay thinking it was random, but come well, to find out it's not random. Well, with everything that the remote viewer was able to reveal from us, he believed that it was more of a, um, a mixed deal with it was extraterrestrial. He seen extraterrestrials, but he also seen people with military garb, but he couldn't really make out what the garb was. So, all right. Um, with the, with that idea now, I don't have a map in front of me, but I think there's probably a good chance that New York state has, uh, a, a deep underground military base somewhere, probably in the Adirondacks or something like that. How far are you from any kind of mountain system like the Adirondacks? We're, we're at the foothills of Catskills. Yeah. Okay. Like the Catskills yeah. is a, is the foothills of the, the Adirondacks. Yep. So we're, we're, bit, so, we're sitting in the foothills of the Catskills and, uh, yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, I don't know, man. Um, what was the, uh, what Mike, what, what was your situation? Like when this happened? So James re referenced, uh, his weight, were you about on the same size? No, I was probably, uh, at the time I was probably six, one, maybe 195, 200 pounds. Okay. All right, so total opposite end of the, of the spectrum there. Um, I I I want to know why too. Like I'm trying to like try to figure out why why this happened and you know what could be the reason. Like, is there a marker on you guys? It was suggested that maybe it was like we were kind of picked up as a control because we all three of us we do have kind of like the same DNA in us, like from our parents, like uh. My, our mother and his, his father, brother and sister, you know what I mean? So they might've been like, okay, so how can you get twins out of these? I'm like, I, I, I just, I don't know what and the purpose. On that side of the family, been. we are the only set of twins. And my, my mom had 13 brothers and sisters and we're the only set of twins out of everybody. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. I, I don't know. And so this is the what you guys are remembering. Um, now let, let's go. To the, let's go to the uh, 
the the chip idea. Uh, now, I don't know if people have a hard time fathoming something moving throughout your body like that, but it's it's absolutely possible. Uh, I I I actually <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But uh, I need to go to a, a specialist, an ear specialist, because kind of like my job to listen, and I'm starting to lose my hearing in my right ear. And uh, I'm also hearing this vibration sound. And um, my wife brought up to me that uh, there is this one person not too long ago that she read an article online. Uh, they lost their contact in their eye. And over a long period of time, it moved through their sinuses into their ear. And they, they wound up getting pulled out of their ear. And and I I lost my contact in my eye about a year and a half ago. And I still haven't gotten it out. <laughs> and I don't know where it is in my body. Oh, <laughs> and so... I. I, I'm, I'm starting to get concerned that it might be in my ear <laughs> here at this point. And I'm kind of hoping it is that way. It's an easy fix. Just pull that sucker out, you know? Uh, but uh, so with the, the idea of something moving throughout your body, it's definitely possible. It doesn't seem logical. It's not because it's like, it, it, how is that even possible? It's it, especially if you have something f- pushing the blood throughout your body, that makes sense that it would, it, it would move and you'd have it there now. But, but on that note, you have something in your foot, but James, do 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 you have any bump or something that you know of other than the scar that would say that you have something in your body? Uh, yes. Um, I have a something the size of a BB in my right shin. Like really? I've, I've taken video of it. Like uh, there's a gentleman named Sean Graham that we associate with. Um, yeah, I sent him the video. Like I when I just I didn't even notice. I was sitting there putting lotion on one morning, and I'm like, "What is that?" And I touch it, and sure enough, it's it's like a little BB underneath the right in my shin that you can move around and maneuver and everything like that. Wow! And so it's not like it's not attached to you; it's something that's floating inside. But it it hasn't moved in a year from from the year I noticed it, so it must be mm. attached to like some muscle tendons or something there because I can I can feel it right now. I can rub my shin and feel it. Wow. That's interesting. I remember the first time I showed my brother the thing of my foot. I was on the phone talking to somebody. I was like, hey, come here. Let's uh feel this real quick. I was like, what does that feel like? He said, it feels like a BB. I was like, yeah. He's like, what what where the hell did that come from? It, it completely freaked them out. I thought I told him about it, but I guess I never no, did. No, you did not. No, you did not. What kind of twins do I have here? You guys are supposed to like you know, telepathic thinking and all this woo-woo stuff, and you guys are just like that stuff's not. I, I don't. I don't think that telepathy between twins is real. I don't think that is. I mean, you might get a sick. Don't bust you, might get a, you might get a sense like something's off, but I don't think the whole. I don't think that works. But um. Yeah. But yeah, my cousin. Now. After he's had his, his kids are older than mine, right? And there's been I, my kids haven't really told me like anything weird, but when his were younger, his his daughter would used to say that the uh, I forgot how she termed it the little people would mess with her fingers at night, and people, yeah, they would mess with her fingers at night, and both of his daughters would say that, like I, my kids never say anything. So I don't know, and I've never really like asked them if they. Do you guys feel anything, anything weird or anything at night? So, but yeah, and I th- kind of think that's one of the reasons why 
he clammed up because of his kids. And he's only recently in like the last two weeks started to want to talk about it. And he's still very, very standoff, standoffish about it. So you guys are kind of like in the middle of dealing with this as far as like, I mean, it happened 20 years ago, but you're still trying to uncover answers and you're thinking it through still. I mean, this is not like a conclusive thing. Like, here's what happened to us. This is why it happened. Uh, case closed. You guys are still in this progress where you're trying to figure it out. We're 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 finding out that uh, we just found out another cousin that we've we really haven't talked to him in like 20 years because he moved down to Florida, but he's been having the same experiences down there. Like he said, uh, we linked up, and uh, he, the first thing he sent us was this video of um, he, it was outside his job. It was a, a cloaked triangle. He sent us a video and a picture that were taking a year apart. And he's been experiencing the same stuff that we've been experiencing. We just never knew about it because he, he was down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And to come, come to find out that his father, there was something a little weird about his dad. Um, they did three of those Ancestry.com DNA searches on him. All three of those came back inconclusive. All, all I've never heard of that. All three of them came back inconclusive. Mm-hmm. And he, his dad would used to talk about they put something between his finger and his thumb, like right here. And uh, there was numerous, there was a few instances, a few stories that he told us that happened to him when he was younger. Um, like one, one evening, his, my cousin that lives down in Florida, his dad, when they lived up here, when he was younger, they were on their way to the lake. And they saw a being made of light and they were like, yo, we need to being little, little get, be a little ghetto kids. You know, like, oh, let's go catch it. Right. So they ran back to the house to get their flat, went back to the house to get their, uh, nets came back. And when they got back, it wasn't gone, but they saw a craft lift, like maybe 50 yards away, a small little craft lift off and take off into the sky. Like we've, we've been finding out so many different, stories regarding our family including our father's side of the family um an instance that happened to my dad is one night he was he was where he used to work at what they call in the infirmary and he had to have his father come pick him up because he said he saw grays coming through the wall for him and he would not leave that office until his dad came and got him um, then he, he woke one night, uh, my mother told me that he woke up screaming that they were coming to get him. Like it's the stuff we've been finding out is so weird. Like my mom had tons of Whitley Strieber books, like the, the secret school books, um, books on the Bermuda triangle, um, the, the, like a whole bunch of all right, so weird audio cassettes. Uh, cassettes they used to deal with like UFO experiences and paranormal stuff like that. It's so in, it's going to get a little weird here now. All right. So remember in the beginning of the show, remember in the beginning of the show when I was talking, when we were talking about the, the woman whose son had the dog man experience. So I've had a conversation with her about this. Now her daughter is also pretty talented. 
they don't she don't she doesn't like to put her daughter out there with this stuff though but they 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 like us so they went and they went and looked it up and they saw th- th- what they saw was that our mother was trying to protect us from something like th- what she said was that somebody in the family had an ability and that they were must more or less chastised for it and she didn't want that happening to us so that's the it's like i said man it's so weird what's going on we're still finding out so much about our weird family and i'm i'm starting to think that maybe the stuff that went on with our family before we were born, the stuff going on might have played a part in what happened to us in 03. Because you, you got the three. Both sides, like, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm still trying to work this whole, I'm still trying to work this out. And it hurts my head every time I think about it. It really does. Just trying to fathom why. The who, the what, um, the the also the the kind of guilt about the whole situation. Um, it's, I, I don't. Know. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you went in a direction that I uh, that I was kind of thinking too, and it, it's it's one of those things where. It seems like there's something in the lineage, uh, at least off the cuff. I mean, it just seems like there's something that's making your bloodline targeted. Uh, and the more, I think the more people that you guys get within the family talking, I think the more you're going to hear similar things happening to people. Um, I think you need to stop with the guilt stuff. I really don't think it, I, don't, I really don't think, think it's your fault. Uh, it's if this is something that's probably happened to a lot of people in your family that aren't even talking about the stuff and don't assume that people in your family know what you're doing and stuff as far as your YouTube channel because uh, I just found out that there's some people in my family didn't know what I was doing and I've been doing it for six years and <laughs> it's just you know so uh, I don't know it, it, it this this is something that um, I just have so I feel like there's just so many unanswered things and I know you guys feel the same way yeah, it, it definitely and and the fact that yeah he my cousin has got into it he's starting to starting to pique his interest but he still hasn't talked yet he still hasn't told us what he saw in the back seat and Wait, i um, think that's uh i think that's crucial to finding out because i'm of the mind like say something happens right and like this happened. Me and Mike are talking about it, right? But our cousin, he put it out of his mind. I think if we start talking about it with him and the fact that we were in the same situation, being that he took that being that he put it out of his mind for 20 years, when if he really starts talking to us about this, if he really starts talking to us about this, it's gonna start coming back to him. You know, well, I mean? we asked, gonna actually start had him it's, it's go back and listen to floodgate. I actually had him go back and listen to the interview that, uh, well, when we had a remote viewer on and he was listening to it and he, 
like he was just texting us while we were doing the show. He was getting very emotional about what he was hearing in that. Yeah, he cursed me out and said, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> he cursed me out and said, yes, I need to know now. But if he needs to know, but he still hasn't. Still has I, his I, reservations about it. For me, I need to hear that. I need to hear what he said, what he saw. And it just, it hasn't happened yet. And that's one of the frustrating things about it. Um, because you can't, you're not going to be able to put this puzzle together if we don't have all the pieces. And that's a major piece that's missing. Like, like I said, I've heard, I've, I've got Mike's side. Mike's heard my side. There's another piece to this triangle that's missing and he hasn't talked yet. And it's my bad, man. I'm getting a little emotional here thinking. Uh, it's, it's. It's frustrating, but you know what? I've been, I've been chipping at him for for a while now. So one day he comes in my job, and I'm like, "Uh, yeah, yo. So when are you gonna come on and talk?" And you know, when you ask somebody a question, they get that look on their face, like they want to, like they're just thinking, like, "Damn, should I?" He had that look in his face. I, uh, that's when I knew I had him. And I told him about what happened with the remote view. He's like, "All right, send me the link to the episode." So he was listening to it. And now I'm pretty sure. I want to say I'm 75% sure he's willing to talk, but I just have to narrow him down a little bit more to like actually set a date where we can like meet up and just listen to what he remembers. Cause I'm pretty sure he said that he tried to block it out, but going back, listening to the remote viewer, he was actually able to remember a few things. He hasn't told me what those things were yet, but I'm pretty sure he's, he's almost ready to spill the beans on it from what he can remember. Yeah. I think that if, if he's willing to do that, I think you guys need to get together in the same room to do it and uh, just hear each other out. It might be a very healing thing as well. Because uh, he's, like you said, James, he's the, the, like there's a mis- missing piece. If, uh, if he starts talking and stuff, I think that that might be a very healing thing for the three of you to go through since you all went through the initial experience together. Oh. With, well, with me, I come to the conclusion like you know what it happened. Okay, I would like to have, I would like to know more about the situation, but um, it doesn't. It I don't lose sleep over it. If I, that might be a bad way to say it, but like it happened. Now I just gotta try to get the get the details and the facts and try to put together the pieces. But it is what. And personally, I believe that it's it's affecting my brother and my cousin a little more is because they have children. And if this stuff follows in the in the lineage, their kids are going to have to deal with it or, or experience something. That's 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 one thing I am worried about. Um, this happening to this happening to my kids. Because I seen what it's I seen what it's done to my cousin. You know what I mean? I saw what it did to me for like the first couple of years that that happened. And I don't want my kids to go through that. I don't want my kids to be subject to whatever the hell they did. Do you know what I mean? Like if 
if I could rewind 20 years, I'd have just kept on the highway. And I say that truthfully. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I would have I would have kept driving. I would not have got off that road. Yeah. Well, um, I can understand that. I mean, with my kids, I, I look at my kids and especially my son, because he looks so much like I did. And um trying just I mean, not on this stuff, but like just in general, like I've had these ideas where I've tried to prevent my son from going through what I went through as a kid. And it kind of breaks my heart when I see him going through some things that, you know, emotionally I, I, I can connect with. I know how I felt, you know, 30 years ago. And um, it kind of breaks your heart. And, and it breaks your heart also as a parent to know that it, this stuff aside, you know, when you're sitting there and you're thinking about watching your kids grow up, you know, they're going to go through heartache and you, you want to protect them from that. Whether it's a girl that breaks their heart or, um, you know, you passing away and, and them having to go through that. Like, you know, there's going to be heartache in that child's life and you just want to protect them from it. So when you're going through this, I can like, only imagine what you're like, feeling. Like, how do you, how can you protect your kids from the supernatural? I don't just, I don't think you can. And that weighs heavy on me. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it's just, I don't want them going to the same thing. I don't want them experiencing the same thing. I don't want them waking up and saying the same thing that their, their cousin said that people, that little things were in their room messing with them at night. Um, it's just, why? What was the purpose of this? And we were also told by individual that we trust very much that we are still being followed and tracked to this day. I would, the, the description was the description that was given of these things was, they said they look like the, the ant people, but well, he said the fly, the people, person that the, 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 yeah, the, the, the fly people, sorry. And the reason that is the description of, because the, Talking to this thing is like talking to a, a, a child, and that was the best way they could describe it. They said the the, the fly people because of the the eyes. Um, I don't know what the hell. I, sorry, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I just know it was a ball away light, and I'm missing some time, and I'm starting to get really, really, really pissed off about it. Because every week I'm finding out new stuff, and it's just like, like Tony, you want to see a genuine reaction, man? I'll send you the link to that show we did, dude. I, I shut it down. I, I couldn't take it anymore. And it's just because I feel it's my fault. It is like, and I, I know everybody's, oh, you're not guilty about it. Cause blah, blah. I was the one driving a car. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, I was the I was I was the one driving the car. I was the one that turned the car off. I was the one that got out of the car. Um, I have my own little Travis Walton experience, I guess. Um, just, and I I I've apologized to to Bass and my cousin, uh, no, to Mike and my cousin about this. Just just 
I, I don't know what to no, think about this. You can't think of it as as your fault because if if it was set up that that was purposely done. So it it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's been twenty years, bro. Don't beat yourself up about it. I'm just happy now we're getting the information. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you want answers. You're moving in the right direction. Uh, Mike, when that night happened and he follows the light, at what point did you start feeling like we need to get out of here? Like you were saying, we need to leave. But at what point were, did the curiosity die off? And it's like, okay, we need to roll. So now we, uh, when he first noticed the light, I'm still looking at the road. And I keep seeing him like look over to the left. So it kind of caught my attention. I'm like, all right, what, what's he looking at? So I look over, I see the light. That's strange. I'm watching for a couple of minutes. So then we end up going down the road. Now I see him put on the blinker to get off the exit. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I want to see it. I want to see it. What are you doing? I want to see it. All right, go ahead. I, I said, go ahead. So we get off the eggs. We go down the road. We park. Now we've been down this road, like within like the last two or three years that we've seen this, the whole area is built up now. Like there's houses on both sides of the road. There's no longer woods there where, where it happened. So I'm sitting in the car. He gets out. I'm seeing this bright light come from left to right. I'm watching it. And I'm like, like, what the hell is that? And he leans in the car. Says, yo, do you see this? It looks like it's getting brighter. And I start yelling at him, get in the car, get in the car. It's coming towards us. That's why it was getting brighter. So, keep yelling at him, keep yelling at him. He eventually gets in the car, but then I don't remember anything after that until I woke up maybe um, two or three miles down the road. But it's distinctly, remember seeing the white light and it, it it kind of reminded me of being like a I know it's a cliche term, but like a deer in headlights. Like how people down in the swamp spotlight frogs and they grab them. That's that's kind of what that's kind of the impression that I got from it. That's the uh that's actually a, 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 probably a good way to describe it because um what the heck are they doing out there? My lord. Sometimes I wish I had my own building and not just a, renting an office space. I don't know if people could hear that, but holy crap, loud banging. Um, but the deer in the headlight look, uh, and that's the, because I mean, deer, it's like they're, they're hypnotized by the light. And it's like, you know, and, and so that, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Um, you might have. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it like this because I can't help myself. I got I just gotta take the opportunity to say it. You were blinded by the light, okay? So, uh, like like you you just were like I mean you you look out the window you see the light and all of a sudden clarity is gone and you're now uh, doing what you're supposed to do according to that whatever it was not by what your normal state of mind would be. Uh, James, your your reaction of saying I want to follow this light, I want to go check it out. Is that a normal reaction? Are you typically a curiosity a person that is driven by curiosity? Mm. No. Like, um, yeah, no. No, I'm not the one to go follow stuff. I'm not the one to go out looking for that type of stuff. 
Um, never have, uh, didn't do it before. Haven't done it since. Hmm. So it's outside your character. You got, very, you got very much so. Like if I see, like if I see something in the sky, I'm not going to be like, oh, I need to go. Let's go see where that thing lands. I'm not even like, oh, all right, that's that's weird. But for that instance, for I don't however long it however long it took from us, I I needed to see that like I that's all I can that that's the best way I can say it. It was it was a need. Um, I, I don't know how I don't know any other way to describe it. Hmm. Well, you know what's strange on the flip side is that, like, some people wish to have these kind of kind of encounters, and then there's the, some people that that it happens to them, and they just like this this life changing. Careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. Um. Um. Yeah. Like I said, if I could. I go back 20 years. I wouldn't, I would have kept driving down the road. I wouldn't have stopped. I probably wouldn't even looked out the damn window, honestly. But, well, uh, you're here now. Yeah. It it brings us to this point where we're talking about, brings us to the point where we're talking about UFOs and Bigfoot and cryptids and everything else. So I guess it's, something good's come out of it. I don't don't know. Still well, tell you the like right after the experience, right after the experience, we like, I mean, we deep dived on rap, the rabbit hole of UFOs, aliens, conspiracies. I mean, like deep dive for years yeah, um, into this subject. Any anything, anything regarding like the military, UFOs, underground bases, anything along those lines, we just ingested it, like just gobbled it all up. And like I said, this is in the early 2000s. A lot of this information that you that we researched back then, you can't find nowadays. Like it, um, yeah. So almost like it's being censored. Yeah, like like thought you you remember you're old enough. You've heard of the Montauk Project, right? Oh yeah, uh, the experiments yeah. in mind control and everything. Like, what happens when you Google search the Montauk Project right now? You get a million links for Stranger Things. Yeah, not the information you're looking for. So. Controlled psyops. Yep. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, I that's that's our missing that's our missing time story that we're still getting more information out of going twenty years on. That's wild. Yeah, I I think uh, you guys should keep poking around if you if you want the answers. It sounds like you guys do. Uh, I, and and I I had a, a a weird missing time experience when I was in high school, and it wasn't anything UFO related. I don't think I and I think I've said it on the show before briefly, but uh, we we went to the basketball courts to play basketball, and I remember like I had like an hour, and I, I had to be done an hour, and we played uh, probably played to twenty one back then. Uh, I think it was up to 21 and uh, we played one game. And when that game was over, we were well past an hour. And I was like, that's impossible because boy can shoot. Like what was going on here? Like, I was like, I was like, how am I out of time already? 
Uh, and I remember talking to the guys about it. I'm like, yo, like this is weird. And none of them wanted to talk about it. None of them, like, I don't know, if, like some of them might have thought it was weird and they're just like, oh, whatever stuff. Like nobody seemed to think it was weird. Like I thought it was weird. Yeah. And, um, and, and, but that's the only, that's, that's my little missing time story. Right? Nothing ever came of it. I don't know. Like I, 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 uh, you guys, what you guys went through and stuff, I think there's probably answers out there to uncover if you keep digging. Now, this, the, like I said, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's a few other things that transpired after this experience, like waking up in different clothes. Mm-hmm. That's happened to us numerous times. Um, waking up in each other's clothes, clothes on backwards. Um, it, it, it's how just, long after? Like, is it still going on, or did it happen just shortly after? This happened. This happened for a few years after the uh, after that sighting. It hasn't really nothing like that's happened lately, or in like last five, ten years. But then again, I work so much, and I'm like, when I'm tired, I'm tired. So I just I completely oblivious to if anything fishy is going on now. Um, and that more so happened like um around that time that this happened, me and him, like we were sharing a room. So that explains like why that would happen. But right now we live, I wouldn't, but I'm probably like maybe a 10 minute walk from his house. So I don't think it would happen right now per se, but every once in a while I do wake up with like my shirt on backwards or like my, my pajama pants on backwards or something like that. Wow. Okay. So that is uh, is an obvious sign that you guys are still having an ongoing situation here. Well, they better hope I don't wake up in the middle of it. You probably have. You just don't remember it. Uh, if, if I'm so, sorry. I'm supposed like, to say something comforting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, could that have possibly been my sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis episode? Like... Could that have played the part in that? Because, but it was so strange because I felt something crawling on me, not standing next to me. Mm. And I'm still trying. I'm just, it's still just, I, I'm okay talking about it. Like, I seem like I'm okay talking about it, but it's just when I actually just sit down and start wrapping my mind around it and the whole, the whole situation, it's just, it's, it's very perturbing, um, to say the least. Um, cause dude, I'm, I, thir- almost 39 years old. I can account for about 98% of the time I've spent on this earth, except for that two hours. And I don't have any, an- I don't, I'm not getting an answer that I want for that. And But then it'll probably never get an answer because. Oh no, you could get your answer. I'm not. I'm not doing hypnotic regression. It's not going to happen. You want your answer? That's the best way to get it. What about I you, know. Mike? Why don't you do it? No. Because I'm already <laughs> so telling that it happened. No, because you're the one that wants to tell me to do it. You're the one that wants to deep dive into the information and like see what really happened. I'm to the point where it's like, okay, it happened. Like. Because, dude, I, I was like being nonchalant, but like it happened. Like, yes, I would like to know information, 
do a one and over listen, really happen so listen, like I have nightmares for the you, rest of my life? Absolutely not. When you find uh, listen, when you find out you've been manipulated, it's a whole different thing. All right. When you find when you think something's just random and then you find out, oh, you were guided by a mysterious hand, it, it kind of pisses you off a little bit. And okay. um I was I'm in the car with you. I know, but you weren't the one driving. It comes down to the guilt. It comes down to the guilt for you, James. It's it, you just keep you keep going back down to this this that that seems to be a distinguishing distinguishing factor between the two of you. At least I don't know about your cousin, but it seems like you're driven by the guilt of the situation because you all went through it because you drove over there, and Mike has accepted. Why, why is this turning into counseling time with Tony? First of all, this is like, <laughs> no, <it's> like, <laughs> call me the paranormal counselor. Uh, but uh, no, but seriously, like I mean, it seems like Mike, his perspective perspective is it happened, you know, and he's not placing blame anywhere. But because you're the one that did it and got everybody else involved, you're carrying a weight on your shoulders that they're not carrying because they don't. They're not the ones that took everybody there. Um, you need to forgive yourself, my friend. <laughs> I've been telling him um, that. I want, listen, let me fly. If they let me fly one of the UFOs, I'll forgive them. It, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was a setup, you can't. If it was a setup, you really can't be mad at yourself. I mean, there's like, nothing. You can't be like, upset I, at yourself. There's nothing I can really do about it now. Because, like, actually, not I think about. I think we. Not I think about. I think we were targeted. The, the, I just I want the information. I want to know why. Why was street? Why? Why did you work whatever you worked to get me to follow your little ball of white light? What was the, what was the real? What was what was the real meaning of that? Because it was it was it that we saw something we weren't supposed to see. Uh, I I I don't know because no I don't think that so. I, I think it full. I keep sorry. I, I don't. I don't know. See, no, I don't think so. I think it follows with what Tony says, along with the lineage. Like, think about it. We have thirteen aunts and uncles, and we are the only set of twins out of all of our cousins. And I mean, like, we have a ton of cousins. We're the only set of twins on either side of the family. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the Watt abduction story. <laughs> <laughs> all right well well that's the show everybody <laughs> uh no seriously though uh let, let let let's um let's let the people know where they can find your stuff here and i'm going to put links in the uh, description send me the links to one the stuff moving in mike's place uh and also the uh the kill the switch episode where you cut the live stream but uh, it's an uh, impromptu truth on YouTube. I'll put the link in the description of that uh, of this episode. And uh, maybe by the time this airs, you'll have already talked to your cousin and even brought him on your show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to nail him down for this weekend and see what we can do. But uh, man, thank you for having us on, Tony. It's been a pleasure. I'm yeah, a thank huge, you very much. huge fan of your show, bro. Well, I wouldn't have known it the way you guys talked it talked to me so much at the conference. Oh, uh, man, you you were moving and shaking down there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Like we didn't want to interrupt. You had you had your thing going down there. 
I, oh, I didn't know who you guys were. I was like, oh, they're, they're, they must be important guys. So I was just going to let them go too. <laughs> no, we got a little rinky-dink YouTube channel. I was actually surprised when, um, when Josh asked us to come up on that panel at the end. Uh, where, where was yeah. Martina Vault and all you guys? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll hop up there with you. Uh, we didn't really say a word up there, but <laughs> it was fun anyway. Yeah, it, it was a good time. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways... Guys, I appreciate you being on here, and uh, it, it was this was a good conversation. And I just think that you know you got a lot of things to work out still uh, individually and as a group. Um, but I think you're going to get answers soon. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show. If you enjoyed it, that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Share the freaking show. And also check out the Impromptu Truth on YouTube with the twins. Show them some love. Let them know that you heard them on The Confessionals because they showed us love by sitting down and sharing their stories. And so we want to return that favor and go check them out. Give them a subscribe and show them that love. All right, friends, listen, until next Tuesday, stay safe. Take care and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.
Force from a cherubim Lies on me like wings from a seraphim